Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I am coming to you live at Precious Predicament Blog Talk Radio. I am also on live at the same time. So I want to first give honor to my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning because I haven't done that in a while. And I need to do that because I need to thank him just because. Now, today is, we're in March, and I want to first say that today is International Women's Day, an honor of women that are out there doing their things, and for those that are still streaming, we want to make sure that we acknowledge that today is National Women's Day, as we now are not only making it a woman's day, we have a whole woman's month. So we did some shows in regards to that earlier, but I just want to make sure that I make recognition of that. Now, today is one of those topics where it has to do with family. And I want to say that I was motivated to do this show based on a family member. So I want to thank my family member that motivated me because they always say, if you only got a few haters, you need to get some more. So that's when you know you are doing what you're supposed to be doing and where you are where you need to be. With that, today's show is entitled Family Strife. If you are out there and you're struggling with a relationship with a family member or you're holding on to a grudge, or maybe you may not even be the one holding on to a grudge. It may be someone that may have a grudge against you, and you don't even know why. This is going to be a very interesting show. Because even when I put the information out there, I was hearing from other members of my family, as well as people that I know that were talking about some of the things they have experienced with their family as a result of this topic. Now, family conflict is normal, so I want to let you know that it is normal. And I think, especially growing up in Compton, I thought the the bigger the family, the more drama you have. Until I started seeing that families that were even small and medium family still had conflict. But I did not know what strife meant until I became an adult. So I know in my family growing up, it was it was crazy. We experienced colorism, ageism, sexism. We had all kind of isms going on. But when it came to family drama, oh my God, I, I didn't know what to do. And that's how I started becoming verbally. I mean, I'm verbally fighting at a young age, fighting with family members. Now, even though we know that it's normal. However, at times, such can result in unresolved anger, fights, physical, because I used to see my grandmother on my mother's side out there fighting with children, arguments, resentment, and strife. Now, such can go on for years, and at times, it can even get to the grave. And that is really sad when you have family members that have been holding on to so long till they die with that anger and not wanting to speak to someone. Now, when we start talking about that, and I said the issues can be big or small, the perception of 
what happened can be devastating. But there's always three sides to every story, a his side, a her side, truth. And like I said, I've known family issues to go on from generation to generation to generation. There are kids that don't know their grandparents. There are siblings that don't get along, don't even speak to one another. There are cousins that won't show up at family events because of certain things. And I mean, I was, I was, I just was refusing to go to certain things because I knew that people did not care for my presence. So I just didn't go because I didn't want to hear it. Because a lot of people in my family don't really know me, don't know nothing about me. And half the stuff I hear be backwards. So I just be like, you know what? I ain't going to waste my time. I'll just show up when I'm supposed to show up. I'll be there when I'm supposed to be there. And that's all that matters. Because at the end of the day, I don't care. <laughs> and I really don't care. But it motivated me to do this show. Now, again, it's one's perception. Because those emotional scars can take root. And sometimes we don't know how deep the scars are. I see it when I did my Facebook Live earlier. If I've said anything or done anything to anybody in my family, I truly apologize because it was never my intentions to hurt anyone. But I remember being told something, and I didn't really realize it until after the fact. But I remember hearing from a family member that my behavior and my other auntie's behavior traumatized one of my aunties and sent her to therapy. I really did not know that because the person thought that my aunt was in cahoots, and we really wasn't. Because I can say I've never heard my aunt say anything bad about her to where she felt that me and my aunt was in cahoots because it didn't happen like that. That's my perception. I just did what I did because I wanted to hang out. I just did what I did because I wanted to be friends with her friends and hang out and go where she went, even though I knew I was too young. But it was never my intention to hurt her or to destroy her life or do any of that. So I don't know. I guess it was her perception. Just to put it out there, my other auntie never told me to do anything to hurt you. So we were so not But when I heard the person say that years ago, I minimized it. I didn't pay because I really thought she was making it up because I knew it wasn't to be true. So, again, those emotional scars can be devastating. And it can be passed on others and distant. And a strange relationship normal, meaning people are distant from one another. They're estranged from one another. But forgiveness is a choice because you can choose to forgive someone. doesn't mean that you're going to forget, but you can't choose to forgive. Now, my son and I, we go back and forth on this because he was one that used to tell me, you can't choose family. And when he me, you can't choose family, I would say I can't choose who I associate with because I do got some family members that I, I don't want to be sitting at the barbecue with. Sometimes you got to watch your purses, watch your 
make sure you don't get hit upside the head and all that other stuff because you never know what somebody holding on to. And I can honestly say that's why I was always one that did not drink and did not smoke or did not do and watch what I ate because I can't trust everybody. <laughs> I'm going to tell a story one time. I'll never forget what they give it. My sister got us all over to her house before Thanksgiving, made this big old dinner with me, my mother, my baby sister, one of the guys that I was dating at the time, and a male friend. After we ate that delicious food, my sister said, all y'all MOFs are dead. We was like, oh, my gosh, she just poisoned us. (laughs) Thank God we wasn't poisoned. Then the two sisters got into a fight, and then one of my male friends tried to break them up, and he got stabbed. I'm like, really? So, like I said, these things and the emotional scars or whatever people want to, we got to learn how to forgive. So, therefore, I've always been mindful of which of my family members I interact with, because I, 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 I don't trust all y'all out there. So, again, restoration may be possible. I said may, because I'm not going to say that you have to for, well, you, forgiving, forgiveness has a lot of healthy benefits to it. You don't have to hold on to it. But for restoration is possible. And me, a marriage family therapist, I do work with a lot of families when it comes to conflict resolution, giving them helping skills, helping them restore relationships, parent-child relationships, sibling relationships, because it does take work. But both parties got to be, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff, because you got to be honest. You can't take things personally. You got to remember it's their perception. And the thing is, we start talking about one or the other family member may not even know how you feel or why you upset about this. So I want to hear your thoughts. So give me a call at 516-387-1914 if you want to join in on this conversation because this is deep. And I want to say, like I said, I didn't know family strife was about until I learned the word strife as an adult in a workplace and friendships. Because some people can be around you and they don't even like you. They don't even want to, don't even care. You know, I had wrote down a whole lot of stuff when I was doing the time. And sometimes we start talking about family. Family can consist of blood. It could be through marriage. It could be, you know, through adoption. A lot of different things like a family. Now, some family members, and I'll never forget one time my sister told one of my cousins, if I had a choice, I wouldn't want you to be my family member. And I was like, that is me. Why would you tell him that? Let me log on my first caller, because I got a cousin I got to call for this to be on the show. Hi, this is Welcome to Precious Predicaments, Love Talk Radio. How are you doing? Number ending in three zero. Good. 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 How, how are, are you? you? I am well. Good. You know, this topic, when we start talking about family strife, it's deep, because sometimes people hold on to things. Now, I was seeing earlier how we start talking 
strife. I didn't know what strife meant until I became an adult, but I knew family fault. I knew family conflict. And I don't think I really saw it that much until I got older. And I'll never forget one of my uncles shot another uncle in the stomach. And the one that got shot was the violent uncle on my mother's side. But the other one that shot him really violent, but he they they had this love hate relationship. And I saw so much strife and division in my family. I remember my mother didn't want me going to my mother's house. My other grandmother was mad at my other grandmother. That was when I really saw the in-laws fighting where they was not on the same page with that. And I kind of stayed out of it because, yeah, well, what my uncle did, I thought he would have shot him too. What is your take on this when it comes to family strife? Oh, it creates uh, codependency, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. uh, it, it runs deep. It uh, It's no good, uh, okay. especially, it, and it causes trauma. It does cause trauma, and a lot of trauma, a lot of individuals don't even know how to heal from, you know. A lot of miscommunication because I was watching on the news, well, not on the news, I was watching on TV on Oprah last night, and she had made on there from the royal family. And, you know, the world got to hear some of the strife that is going on within their family. And, and it's like, dang, if the family is not getting along, here we are, we just regular old people. And then I also noticed in families that I saw, we have the have and the have not. So those family members that had more financially or drove the better cars, sometimes one sister would be jealous of the other or envious of the other sister, or brothers would compete and say that, both was athletic and one made it to play professional sports, the other one didn't, and then here comes the family barbecue or you know, I remember a male friend that I used to date and his thing was people would worship idolize his younger brother, but yet he was the oldest and he didn't get a lot of attention so he felt that the other brother had. You know, and I and I was like but you know, some people that traumatize people, and they hold on to yeah. that. Now I'm going to call one of my family members because she wanted to be on the show, and I really want to hear what she got to say because she brought up something, and she be struggling with trying to use the phone due to modern technology, and I think a lot of us be doing that. But in the midst of this, let me dial this. Ooh, it says it's dialing. I guess I dialed it right. Oh. I guess I put the button in place in the screen room. Hello? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Who am I speaking with? Why are you talking all proper? Huh? Why are you talking about and don't hang up on the phone on me either, cousin. You're not. 
Okay. Wait a minute. Let me get Shakira out tomorrow. Wait a minute, baby. Okay. Okay. Shakira. Okay. Oh, God. You got to be the rough for your buddy because he is so funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, hopefully, well, I know she ain't hugged up because I still see her on the board. So, I'm going to say to the other caller, number NNN30, how has family strife, like I said, within your family? What, is, what do you want the listeners to know? Because we know how harmful it could be, how detrimental it could be. But what what was your experience? Oh, uh, well, my family was very dysfunctional, uh, and it centered around my brother. Uh, there was a lot of enabling going on, mm-hmm. and it basically made me compliant. Yeah. Wait, 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 she back. Okay, I got you back on the phone. The other guy was angry, but I want you uh, to tell your part. I got you on the radio. So you can't say you're not on. And the topic is family strife. And we're talking about that. And I'm going sharing some of the things that happened in his family. So after he shared his, you going to share yours. Okay? Okay. Okay. You can finish. But I ain't on mouth, but I'm going to still talk. <laughs> okay. No problem. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, what were you saying? Uh, well, it basically gave me low self-esteem, uh, mm-hmm. compliance pattern, made me codependent, uh, on and on and on. It's like peeling the onion. Uh, mm-hmm. I, as an adult, I, don't, I have uh, poor coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. and I go back to old patterns, and wow. they're like things that I've learned to cope as a kid, like mm-hmm. avoiding. I will go out of my way to avoid my emotions, conflict, whatever, which I learned as a kid. You, you, it's easier to hide. Go hide in the mm-hmm. closet. Go hide wherever. Wow. You know what? And that's interesting because a lot of people don't realize that, that they will carry on into their personality as an adult. The confident witness as a kid. Now, cousin, I'm glad I called because I told you I was going to call and get you on the show. Now, when we start talking about family strife, now I remember a lot of stuff that people don't think I remember. But when we were growing up, you guys, because you were older than me, what was some of the things that you learned about family strife? Okay, say that again, Jeanette. How did you learn I about say family the ending again. What is your take How on family? Yeah, because see, your mother had what seven kids, and my grandmother had six. My my, my mother had eight. Oh, she had eight. I don't know why I thought it was seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, I must be missing somebody. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we keep know breaking up. Somebody? Okay, I can't. Yeah, we keep breaking up. Uh huh. You know what? You know why I said seven? Because I always forget Ernestine. I always forget to ask. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't. Because I like steak. I'm not gonna do that. So okay. when, when we were growing up, we had we still had this division. We still had this strife within our family. And I would always try to be the one to try to keep things together, try to keep peace. Even though I know I was an annoying child, 
I was. I said I apologize for those things that I did growing up. But people hold on to stuff even to the grave. And we saw it even with your mother, my grandmother's siblings. They had some fights that they just never was. They never. I think our parents was the and grandparents was the closest. But so they did you? good, Jeanette. They did very good because uh, if they did hold grudges, they never let us know it. Correct. Between because Mama and Zepta. Between Aunt Rose and, and my mother? Yes, they were good. But when you add on Aunt Mary and you add on all the other ones, I think all the other Oh, yeah. But see, Mama, my mother, and your grandmother, they never held a grudge against each other. Now, as far as the other parts of the family, I can't really say because issues like that wasn't taught while we were in the presence. Mm-hmm. You know, true. but now I'm like that also. I do not hold grudges. Mm-hmm. I refuse to hold a grudge. I don't mm-hmm. like looking over my shoulder and wondering if this person likes me or if this person don't like me, which mm-hmm. it really don't matter, but I would like for people to like me. Mm-hmm. But as far as my sister, she's been holding a grudge on me, against me, since October because of a issue that occurred in Vegas, a dispute which was settled, supposed to have been settled. But I feel like this. Why should you speak your piece and then when it comes to my turn, everything is quiet? Let mm-hmm. me get it off of me too, how I feel and what I got to say about it. Yeah. Then when I did, I didn't do it in the presence of the rest of the family and friends. But when we were alone, I said what I had to say. Mm-hmm. And she's been holding a grudge against me ever since then because she said, I thought we left this alone. <laughs> well, and you know what? And that's the fun, the interesting A lot of times we think that people left it alone, but it still can be bothering them. And you know what? And I started to go in Vegas, and I changed my yeah. mind about going to the to the party because I didn't want to run into you at the party. So that's why I didn't show up because we was going to go, but I said, Mm-mm, I ain't going to jail. <laughs> it was it was real nice. It was real nice until that one little incident. See, I didn't know. No, it was two incidents, and both issues. Who are containing to two youngest grandchildren, two oh. little boys. Okay. The room was messed up. Oh, he drunk my insure. Come on now, Jeanette. Wait a minute. You drunk my insure. <laughs> no, I gave my grandson the insure. Me and Shirley both drink insure. Okay, and my grandson should quit his baby. He don't eat breakfast, so what she do, she'll give him an insure. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And that morning when we were on our way back to Cali, and he hadn't eaten breakfast, I gave him the insure in the refrigerator, which I knew belonged to my sister. Oh, uh, oh but my God. But when we pulled up in front of my house, that girl was canned up the back seat looking through everything that was mine. Looking for the insure, I told her I had packed already. And you know I can barely walk. I must have trotted up that driveway, got that insure out the refrigerator, came back and said, here. And she's upset about that. Wait a minute, Judy. Wait a minute. I'm trying not to laugh. Y'all got into an argument over some insure. You know, it wasn't even an argument. It wasn't even an argument, because, see, I don't like to argue. Correct. Correct. I don't like to argue. I just let her know how I felt and why I think she was wrong. But then as the new year was rolling out and the new year was coming in, I texted her. I apologized. I told her I love her. And I told her I missed her being around. Mhm. Wow. But not now. Time have she responded? <laughs> oh, it's so it's so sure. that's holding a grudge, right? Yeah. Wow. But you know what? But this is the thing, too, that you got to realize. A lot of times it's deeper than that. Now I think we're in the high time where I'm. you can call me in too. You can give us a call at five one six three eight seven one nine one four. And I Linda on there, and I know Linda down the street. I know y'all be going through it, too, because she said I'm going through that right now. All we want is peace in our family. And Brenda was saying you have to forgive and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. And that is true. You know when we be dealing with family, you know how our family is. You've been around for about, what, 50 years? So you know. So when we start talking about things, and then some individuals say because of the pandemic and all the stuff that we're going through, we know that life is short. And we have to navigate ourselves. Because sometimes one of the things that I learned, Tootie, is I learned who I'm dealing with. You know, that's just like if you take me and my sisters and you put all three of us together, we all have different temperaments and we all have different personalities. And so as long as I know, I'm good. But it's when you when you don't know. Now I want to talk about some of the things that individuals get or the issues be about, because we say that mom, you know, they used to say blood is sticking in water, and we say families together. But sometimes families can be your biggest critic, and sometimes families can be most dangerous to you and be the one that can hurt you the most. I was um, watching television the other day, and there's a police officer. I forgot what state he's in. But this police officer just got arrested because he was under investigation because he was in the murder of two of his family members. And by him being a cop, he thought he can get away with it. He just got arrested. I want to say, I think it was in Texas. So mm-hmm. it has to be over strength. Now, money is huge. Money and finances. Family will fight over money. You owe me a quarter. You never paid me back. You money? You know, um, and when you have a family business, 
I swore I will never do that. Even though I own two companies, my families ain't tied to it because that is an issue. Property, Tootie, I've heard people fighting over property that the property only be worth 15 cents by the time you divide it amongst everybody else. And they fighting over mm-hmm. land. You know, um, yes. in-laws related conflict over the Conflict over events, which is what you're talking about at an event. Conflict over the care of their parents. Now, my mother's gone, your mother's gone, but you know when your family members get elderly, get sick, need help, the siblings fight amongst each other. We'll see yes. and discord when it comes to an ill family member, and you would think but that's the time that they should be the closest. That's the time when one should be supporting one another. I remember when my mother was sick, and you know, my mother passed at 59, Tootie. I had to call and say, yeah. a point to help me. Because I was like, I can't do this by myself. I need some help. So, sibling conflict, parents, also step parent, step child, disciplining over children becomes an issue. And we got to also take into account our defense mechanism. You got to know when people are becoming defensive. And that's why I said a lot of times the argument between you, and I can imagine which, which one it was, because you ain't even got to explain, but I already know. I'm I know you know. <laughs> yeah, I already know. I already know. Um issue has to be deeper than just to be sure. The, the issue is always something that you may not even be aware of. And one of the things I want to say, even when you sit there, because I want to give some tips and some in order to try to help families with this, but when you're sitting down and you're bringing up what the issue is, talk about one issue at a time. Don't be well, you know, when you was two, you did this to me, and you took my boyfriend, and you really, y'all arguing with stuff like that that happened decades ago, and, and stuff like that shouldn't even be important no right. more. It shouldn't have been important during that time because we wasn't even allowed to have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm-hmm. What did you get married? <clears throat> But Plan you know your what? family. But you know what, Judy? Judy, that's been an issue. I, you, I've heard stories of my mama used to say of who slept with Carter and who did this and who did. I used to be like, oh, my God. How she would go and snatch babies out of drawers and fighting with family. Over, you know, just craziness. But those were some of the things that people used to fight about. And like I said, one issue at a time. And listen and to acknowledge what they're saying, not trying to come up with a response of what you did, but just hear that person out. Because we talk about PTSD and all of this and why the family members fight and all this stuff, it's because they are holding on to it because it was important to them. And don't say you're sorry if you know you're not sorry. I remember that's right. You used to say you look sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. Mama, I'm sorry. You are sorry. I was like, Ooh, I that's that. 
The exact words. <laughs> oh, I remember mm. a whole lot of her old saying she used to say. So, Robert, working your family would want to apologize. Were they normally sincere or was it just because one of the things that sometimes family members may apologize, but the other person was going to be apology. Okay, so just because you don't accept it, don't mean I don't apologize. How's your family, Robert? That's right. Oh, we didn't really discuss uh, emotions. I I was taught, I learned at a very young age, if you talked about your emotions, it'd be used against you. Mm. So I was, I learned at a very young age, stuff your emotions, don't share it with the family. It's going to be used against you. So there wasn't a lot of apologies going on in my, in my family. It's interesting because if you stuff the emotions, the emotions come out in your behavior, and people will start acting it out, and then it can turn into verbalization, physical altercation, because anger is an emotion, and it's a balance, too. So if you have any anger, and under the anger is a lot of the betrayal, disappointment, the frustration, the distrust. So you've got all these other things under the anger. So to stuff it, it's going to come out in other ways. And especially growing up, when people get to smoking and they get to drinking, and like I said, now I, I can laugh now about drinking and sugar. But, you know, back in the day, it was alcohol. But you, and you doing all this, your things are going to come out because they're not going to be able to be mad. So to what do you say about our family with emotions? Because we were never sensitive, always seen more verbal aggression or physical aggression. So what do you think about the stuff? You're breaking up. What was your question? No, I was asking to cousin, what was her perception of the stuffing of the feelings? Because we didn't know how to break emotions. We really didn't. And like I said, I witnessed and I saw a lot of different fights over a lot of different things. So I wanted to know, because I've never asked my cousin about regulating emotions or how to regulate her emotions. I hear a lot of wind in the background. Yeah, I'm in traffic. Yeah, but we keep breaking up. But I'm in traffic. I'm at the doctor's office. Um, Okay. You know, um, I tried not to never let my emotions show, even though I might have been hurting inside or my feelings got hurt by a person that I really love, such as a sibling, you know, a relative. And I always tried to be there for Whoever, mm-hmm. it don't just have to be a relative, you know, it can be associate. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes my turn, I wonder why I can't get the same reaction back. Mm-hmm. And so as far as my emotions, Jeanette, you, you know me. You, you know I just try to be smooth sailing until I get to that point, and you have to take me there. 
mm-hmm. and then I forget about my emotions. <laughs> I do. I'm gonna be real about it. I do. But the older I have gotten, uh-huh. and the older I pray to get, I pray that I get better Correct. with my emotional feelings. And you try not to let other people hurt my feelings as much as they have been doing. Correct. And you know what? And you have got better. But then when they came to your kids and the disrespect, because we were taught a certain way, don't disrespect your elders. You know, so we shifted and we started dealing with our, our kids and friends. Okay, cousin, cousin, not to, don't mean to cut you off, but they're calling me to go into the doctor's office. Go on in okay, the thank you. Thank you for caring, cousin. Okay. Yeah, you know what? And it was funny because she had said she had been trying to get on the show. I wanted her to be on because she and I have never had this conversation before. And one of the things I wanted to say that I noticed is she would more fight for her family of somebody doing something then unless she was fighting with her boyfriends or something like that because my name Robert was a hot mess. <laughs> now a lot of times when we talking about family gathers and I'm glad I did not go to that trip because I was going to Vegas for my cousin's birthday and I was like mm-mm, mm-mm. I ain't going out there getting and I had already talked to my other auntie, too, and we were going to go down there just to support my other side of my family, but I was like, mm-mm, no, I'm good. Now, how to handle unresolved conflict in the family gather? And this is basically coming from verywellmind.com. And this is interesting because a lot of times some of the things really don't come up until you are at a funeral, a birthday party a graduation, a wedding, you know, and that's when you start to be like, I'm not going, I'm not going by so-and-so, I don't want to sit by so And it's like, really? You know, so we really need to learn how to, to go along, to get along, and how to process some of these things and things we have so that we won't pass them on. Because I don't want to be telling my grandson, well, you can't so-and-so house because we don't get along or you can't be around. No, no, that stuff has to get. These strife and these toxic relationships, people have to learn how to regulate their feelings and their emotions. Now, how to handle unresolved conflict at family gatherings. And, and while family relationships can bring support, joy, and other wonderful benefits, because there are some benefits to family. These relationships can also bring stress. Now, that's one of the things, Robert, because I know when my mother, when she would come to my house, oh, my God, i break out in hives. Before the holiday even got started, the party got started, either I'm already broke out in hives or I'm somewhere in the corner sleeping because I was like, Mm-mm, I ain't getting caught up in all this mess. Now, when we start talking about the relationship, particularly when there's unresolved conflict, because it's more difficult to let go of the conflict relationship with family than it would be if these relationships were mere friendships. One of the things Tootie was saying is, you know, sometimes we got to treat people the way we want to be treated. Now, these unresolved conflicts with family members can be particularly painful. 
And we have certain expectations of trust because we think we can trust our family, sometimes small. The closeness towards family members, some people are just not that close and probably will never be. Fine. But it doesn't mean you have to disrespect one another. And that could be merely disappointing to realize that this may not be possible with all family members. So the stress of family disputes, when we start talking about that, whatever feeling you have, don't bring it to the party. Don't take it to the barbecue. Don't be mad dogging each other. Don't be, if someone speaks to you, you speak back in anger or you, well, you bringing up old stuff. That's not the time. And if a person do apologize, if you don't accept it, you don't have to just say, I won't accept your apology. Remember, Robert, my mother, I'll never forget this. When my grandmother, before she died, told my mother, please forgive me for what I've done. My mother told her, I will never forgive you. And I was like, wow. You know, when you tell your mama, I will never forgive you, that is now, Robert, I know something about your brother. Did your brother ever apologize for some of the things that he's done, or did he just keep doing it to this day? But oh, he he'll continue to do it to this day. He's never really apologized. Why he's never wrong. Family, why do you think your family let him get away with that? No one has ever brought it to his attention. Uh, again, my family's very good at being enablers. And they enable that behavior. Uh, and I think I think with my with my other family members, they're afraid of him. Wow, wow! Because when when he goes off, he'll he'll I, I've seen him do a rant on me that's lasted two hours, where he's just you can't get a little word in edgewise, and you're just hearing anger. But see, but as a therapist, Robert, that tells me that he got something going on with him, too. That tells oh, me sure. that he's got some stuff he's holding on, some hurt, some pain, and why he's attacking other people. And sometimes people have a sense of entitlement. You know, we have some family members that feel like everybody owed them something. You know, I was laughing and talking with my auntie about one of my uncles. Because he had told me I called him about a friend, because him and his friend was very close. And when I called him, I told him to call his friend, and he told me to call my aunt. But when I was talking to him, he said, me, I was mad at you. I'm like, mad at me? You made me homeless. I make you homeless. I can't make you homeless. You don't live with me. But he felt that because I did not let him do what he wanted to do, I was responsible for his homelessness. No, I'm not. That's your problem. And I told him, I never intended on you being homeless. I said you can come stay with me. He didn't want to come stay with me because he didn't want to live under my roof. And which is fine. But don't hold on to this grudge talking about I made you homeless. He didn't keep it a grudge because I let him voice it. And I laughed and I told him, I wish you would have told me that before I baked you your birthday cake. <laughs> he was the one that I had made the cake for on Facebook. 
and I'm going out of my way baking him a birthday cake. And all the time, I didn't even know he was mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, wow, really? So, and I let it go because I know my uncle's spirit. I know if, if he was going to be mad at me about anything else, been mad at me about when he had to cut the trees down in the backyard. But yeah, you mad at me about something I wouldn't even have no, I didn't have no clue, no idea whatsoever that man was mad at me. I really, and he had other family members and said that he was mad at me. They all knew, but I didn't know. I, I was the last one, I didn't even know. So, without a heartfelt discussion and apology or a resolution, the trust on both sides is compromised, and it and one may not even know what to expect from this person in the future. For example, you know we can stuff when people come to visit or whatever, and this can lead many individuals to assume the worst when they interpret each other's behavior rather than giving the benefit of the doubt. Now, when we assume, Robert, we know what happens when we when we assume. But once a conflict has gone on for a while, even if both parties move on and remain polite, the feelings of pain and mistrust usually linger after the surface and are difficult to resolve. And that's what I was trying to explain to my cousin when she was to ensure. Their argument was probably deeper than just a can of or whatever ensure. I'm quite sure it was. But the problem is bringing up old hurts and effort to resolve them can often backfire. And as other parties may feel attacked, that's why you got to know defense mechanism, projection, because sometimes people will put things onto you, repression, people can repress and go back to childlike states, sublimination, they'll go for walks or overexercise or overwork or whatever the case may be. Some people use humor. Defense mechanism. That's what I do, Robert. I laugh. I laugh. People think I'm laughing at them. That's my defense mechanism. And we have denial. Some people are in denial about the event even ever occurring. So, but avoiding these issues together, put holding on to the resentment can poison present feelings, meaning you're holding on to something. Now, what to do to ease the conflict? It says, now, be polite, be kind. My mother used to say you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. So when you guys are around your brother, Robert, are you guys like, you said you're walking on eggshells because he gets, and, and I don't know if you sit there and listen to somebody argue with you for two hours. i got a sister, when she gets intoxicated, she want to talk. I, 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 I separate myself. How do you stay there for two hours? Oh, I I started to meditate. You just meditate. And just shut them off, you know, cut them off. uh, Because at some point, you just start to repeat yourself. You do. You do. And you know what, Robert? Most cases, the person really just want to be heard. Or the person is trying to feel empowered. Or the person feels that they're being attacked. And if that person was to share with you, they was feeling or what they thought, it'd be something you need to know. Like I said, you could try to resolve the conflict, but sometimes it's not best to resolve the conflict in the presence of everybody else or a whole lot of people in the family. Sometimes you could take the person 
die. You can write them in a letter of apology. You can leave them a voice message, whatever the case may be. But you do your best. But you don't let that person manipulate you. You know, Barbara, that's one thing I've seen. A person that has been hurt, they want the other person to pay, meaning you go pay for my pain. I'm not going to let nobody yeah. in my family manipulate me. I'm not going to let them. When I hear them bring up old stuff, you know, some things, I, I have a really good memory about some things. But I mean, there people think to me too. But I don't hold on and throw it up in their face and be like, remember what you did? I don't have time for that. So a lot of things wasn't even important to me. It didn't even matter to even bring it up. But then yet people feel like, um, you know, because people want to retaliate, want to hurt you. You can't make nobody else feel your pain. So from any traumatic experience, you have to heal yourself. Because as long as you keep picking at the scar, the scar will never heal. But you got to let it heal. Let it breathe. Take time to separate yourself. So like I said, you can try to resolve it. Some individuals, Robert, they have resolved conflicts or strife with people that are dead. People not even around anymore. What would be your suggestion in those types of situations? Oh, write that person a letter. Mm-hmm. A I journal. like that. Mm-hmm. And therapy, you, we do you write that the- person a letter and mm-hmm. tell them how you're feeling and Get get it all out, put pen to paper, and get all your emotions out with that person, mm-hmm. even though they're not around. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you more than it'll help them. Correct. We call it the read writing. You know, sometimes you can either, if the person's alive, you can give them the letter. If not, you can read it, write it, burn it, write it, tear it up. But you're at least letting it go and you're processing it because you're no longer giving them your power. I know that there have been some real traumatic things that have happened in people's families. You know, somebody has stole something from somebody, no matter big or small. Someone has either hurt someone. Now, when you're talking about that have molested somebody in the family, sometimes that molestation, that person that engaged in the act may have also been molested themselves. So also causes a lot of strife and division within the family. So sometimes just having a little empathy can go a long way. What do you think about that, Robert? To empathize. Oh, empathy is uh, <laughs> empathy is uh, that uh, is the salve for all that's ailing you. When you can mm-hmm. put yourself in the other person's shoes, you, uh, you're not going to carry uh, a resentment. You're going to you're gonna, you're taking steps on healing. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, when I heard my mother say that to my grandmother, I was like, Oh my God! No, she didn't just tell my grandmother, but she did. Now forgive and forget. If it looks like such as a civil meeting of the mind, it's unlikely. Don't push it. It's probably a good idea to try to forgive the other person and let it go. Forgiving doesn't mean opening yourself up to feel wrong again. It only means that you let go of your feelings of resentment and anger. Resenting them, being angry, they use the analogy with resentment. It's like trying to, it's what they say, drinking the poison yourself, waiting on somebody else to die. 
You eat with yeah. other people. That other person that went on with their life ain't thinking about you. I mean, I had a conversation with my auntie earlier. God, well, this, this week, well, you know, it was last week. Tell you how much I was thinking about it. Over Facebook, over Facebook, I was overwhelming them posting in the family page. And I'm like, it's odd to me that normally family is the page you want to post on because they should be your biggest supporter of the information you're sharing when you're talking about a family member. And she was like, we, we. I'm like, who is we? Is it an I or is it a we? You know, well, I'm sorry you feel this way about me. You, I'm looking at a text that I got that was at like four in the morning. And I ain't got time for this. <laughs> I don't have time for it. So what I did was I said, Robert, I will delete myself from the family page. That way I won't tag them on accident or send it on accident. Well, I'm sorry you feel this way. And you really, really. You know, and the one thing is I've always been family orientated, but if my family don't want to be bothered with me, I ain't going to have that because I got way too much stuff to do. Because you know, Robert, me and my clients, we get along real good. <laughs> <laughs> they take up a whole bunch of my time, so I don't have to worry about that. So another thing to share in regards to that with the forgiveness, and like I said, it's just letting go of the feelings of resentment and anger. You can be careful in what you expect from this person in the future without actively harboring resentment. Because like I said, resentment is too much. It's too deep. Half the stuff people don't even remember half the time. And the thing is, when you let that go, you will be the one that benefits the most. Also, the minds are cut off contact. There are some times in some situations where you do got to either minimize or, or cut it off. Because some people are just messy. They can be real messy. Now, I can hear the fear you're seeing, Robert, with what goes on with your brother, but minimizing or cutting off contact. Have you guys minimized or cut off contact with him, or how does that work in your I have. I have. The rest of the family still has contact with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now, uh, I've been stabbed too many times in the back by him. Mm-hmm. And that's he's one of the big reasons why I got together with my wife because wow. it felt so comfortable to me. Wow. And you know what? And that kind of goes into what I was telling my son because he would always say, Mom, you can't choose family. Mom, you can't choose family. Yeah, I can't choose family, but I can choose who I associate with. Let everybody yep. in my space, in my circle, especially if I know that they don't care for me or if they're dangerous or like I said, I'll never forget the time my sister cooked that Thanksgiving meal and said, all y'all mother suckers did. We were, she just poisoned us. Robert, you should have tried to look up on face. You know I like to eat. That food was good. We, but when she <laughs> said that, we, was all, we didn't know she had poisoned us. <laughs> I don't even know if she remember even doing that, you know. Then one of my friends got stabbed that day because they fighting in the hallway and she reaching over trying to get the other sister and they thick and thieves. They close. They were together yesterday. But I can't be around my sisters like that. Mm-mm, I don't know if I can trust y'all all the time. So y'all ain't going to be stabbing me and poisoning me. 
So when we start talking about things, like I said, we do got to learn who to cut out, who to minimize. And this thing, too, when people change, allow them to change. Don't bring up old stuff that has happened because they may not even be that same way anymore. You know, Robert, I see that a lot, how some individuals have worked on some things in life, and the family won't let it go. They will still bring up, remember when you did this, and remember when you, no, but I see that you still remember. So I'm glad that you remember that. And if it was, you know, if, if I hurt you, I apologize. But the thing is, we don't, and we shouldn't time in a place for things. Because like I said, one of the things that I noticed is sometimes, People hold on to things other people forgot. So I want to share some information, give the listeners some tools and some keys. And just let me know what you think about this. And this is coming from Mediate.com, and it says, the eight keys to resolve conflict. Be hard on the problem, not the people. So a lot of times we can say, I don't like what you did, but it doesn't mean I don't like you. The second, understand that acknowledging and listening are not the same as obeying. Another one, use I statements. When you say I feel, I believe, the other person is more willing to hear you out versus you statement. So they won't become sad. And give the benefit of the doubt. Have work conversations in real time. So sometimes you can talk about things that's not even related what actually you're feeling of what's going on. And keep the conversation going. It is a life is a like a dialogue. And ask yourself, would you rather be happy or right? And be easy to talk to yourself. What about some of those eight things that I just mentioned? Oh, that's good advice. Especially the point one, you 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 could not like the person's behavior and uh, still love the person. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes you want to bite your tongue. You can acknowledge how you feel, but you don't have to purposely. Now you became a problem. And a lot of times yeah. that happens. That happens. You can go from being victimized to now being a perpetrator of what's going on because you come, you became defensive to you came to the party ready to fight. You know, like I said, why I didn't want to go to Vegas because, you know, I had once the lady that was on the airplane, her brother and my uncle had got into a altercation, and my uncle wound up getting stabbed and had 30 stitches in his face. So I'm like, wow. okay, if I go to this party and if my uncle show up, her brother the one that did it, and if he show up, what? I ain't going to jail behind this. No. And now, <laughs> them, two, them two are still buddies. They still hanging out now. I know because I just talked to my uncle the other day and he brought up his name. And I wanted to be like, really? But I know when to call that cousin when I need that cousin. I'm the cousin off, but I just know I ain't going to be around a cousin like that. So that's 
when we start talking about these things, you got to know who, when, and what. Now, like I said, family, life is short. We got to do better when it comes to money. Don't hold grudges over money. My mother used to always say, and my grandmother, don't loan nobody something you can't give them. That way, if you don't get it back, you ain't going to worry about it. Nor do you have to boast and brag of what you did for family members. In-laws, let's communicate better so we can be on the same accord of how we raise our children. Siblings, let's not fight over who got to take care of mama or daddy because they was there too. You got to guys got to communicate, problem solve, and find ways of making it work. And also understanding defense mechanisms and utilizing our statements. Robert, I want to thank you for joining me on the show today. Got to go. My one o'clock appointment I already signed on, so now it's time for me to do therapy. So again, All right. thank you for joining me here. First predicaments, long talk radio. But I'm gonna ask you, Robert, anything you want the listeners to know? Because you brought up codependency issues. We know narcissistic behavior. We know people got certain personalities. We cut up in the halves and the half nuts because people work hard for what they got. That don't mean they owe you because they got it. Adam, we all got opportunities. I said before, give me an opportunity. Don't give me a handout. Well, Robert, what do you want to right. Uh The five and five rule. If in five years you're not going to remember it, don't give it five minutes in the now. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Okay. Now, tomorrow is Tuesday. That's when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch. I'm going to be having one of my cousins on the line on with me. His name is Cedric Boyd, and he just did the audio for his book, The Great Book. So we're going to be talking about your purpose. And because a lot of times individuals will come up with an idea, they say they're going to do something, and they don't follow through. So we have to learn how to follow through on what it is we say we go do, because we can come up with a lot of experience. And sometimes people say it's not an excuse, it's an explanation. So tomorrow's topic, following your vision and sticking with it. Because we got to stick with it until we complete it. So see you tomorrow at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Till tomorrow, remember, you got this. Bye-bye. And thank you, Robert, for calling in. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. All right. Goodbye.